listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm RJ live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Steve Fezzik got a better haircut. He looks a little slim. Wait, it's Maddie Holt in (laughs) studio. If you are a listener, you know Maddie. Maddie is a former bookmaker. We're calling Reformed. He now runs a integrity company. You could say the integrity company, U.S. Integrity. What do they do? They stop the bad guys. I don't mean the bad guys that are gamblers. I mean the bad guys that try to fix games, corrupt the youth. He stops them. But he's got a ton of experience behind the counter, and we're happy to have him. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. We're the pros. He's the Joan L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have a retirement in the NBA, we also have some news regarding the NFL draft. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? We're going to start with the fallout of Justin Fields' second pro day. And the fact is, it's one thing, you know, yesterday, Mac Jones was minus 200 to be the number three pick to San Francisco. And Justin Fields was two to one. So think about it. If you bet a hundred on Mac Jones, you made fifty dollars. A hundred on Justin Fields would make two hundred dollars. Today, Justin Fields is the slight favorite, both around even money. Trey Lance far behind. Was this because he looked good throwing passes? No. This is usually information based, and somehow, some way, information's been released, or at least it's out there in the hemisphere where the betters are saying, "Uh uh-oh, yesterday really changed things. So let's dig in. Yeah, and it was the buzz around social media earlier today that there was a growing rumbling of reporters out there talking about the Justin Fields going number three to the 49ers. This, of course, after his second pro day. We've been hearing about Mac Jones for the past couple of weeks, but Justin Fields starting to pick up some momentum being the number three pick for the Niners. And I think it's important, and Maddie, you being a former Nevada bookmaker, which was licensed in a way that you couldn't do a lot of the exotic props, the stuff that was more subjective, but a lot of times these bets are driven not by anyone winning or losing a game, but rather on information, like who's got the most votes for the MVP, right? That's information. Or who's the final two on Survivor or The Apprentice or whatever. This isn't about who's the better quarterback. It wasn't like they looked and said, look at those. It's about what's the 49ers going to do. I don't think it's possible a move from two to one to even money could happen unless there was rumblings from people that know that's driving the action. Because no way could the assessment of how good he threw 
lead to this kind of change? What do you think? I do think you're right. And look, a lot of really smart people said there's no way you trade up to number three, give up what San Francisco did for a low ceiling, I mean, you know, high basement, low ceiling quarterback like Mac Jones. But I've been on a few shows and talked to some actual football players, including Chris Cooley, who used to play for Coach Shanahan, who said, I can guarantee you Justin Fields is not a Shanahan type player. He's not going to fit the Shanahan system and that Mac Jones actually fits it perfect. So I think there's strong rumors on both sides. And at this point, that's why you're seeing this line finally as a pick 'em. So, but wh- I can agree with all that if it drifted to even money over, you know, a, a week or so. If it goes from two to one to even money, meaning a surge on Justin Fields, it's not just because people are saying, yeah, he's, you know, Justin Fields, I forgot about him. But then they see the Sports Center Pro Day thing. It feels like it has to be something. Something somebody said to somebody. Maybe it's being but mis- at the pro day. Yes. Yeah, who but knows? it's his pro day, so it's Justin Fields' pro day. So people so he's t- getting the attention. But it's also possible that somebody thought they heard somebody mm-hmm. say something because it's his pro day. Um, I'm not sure. I'm. He- I'll tell you. I'm what? hearing people on both sides that really seem like they would be in the know, making strong cases for both Mac Jones and Justin Fields. That's Matty Holt. We are straight out of Vegas. Here's what we know for sure, unequivocally. One of these surges was wrong. Because at a certain point, Mac Jones was a big underdog. Yes. At another point, he became a significant favorite. As high as over minus 300. That was the high point you saw, to be the third pick. Yes. Now, there's been a surge on Justin Fields. It's bringing it back to even money. One of those is wrong. Correct. It doesn't mean that they weren't both correct at the time. Meaning, if Shanahan, let's say someone, Shan, let's say Shanahan was making these bets. He's not. But let's say he yes. were. Or one of his buddies, old friend from back home was. Okay. Or maybe his first cousin that works <laughs> for a gambling show. I don't know. I don't know, Mackenzie. But for those that don't know, Mackenzie, first cousin's. With Kyle Shanahan. Uncle Mike, he calls Mike Shanahan. Is that correct? That is correct. And Th- does the- he run the other way when you say that? Or how does that work? <laughs> no, he, I'm his favorite nephew, I'm sure. Oh, that's what he says, right? But, Matthew, you mentioned Chris Holt. I mean, um, Chris Cooley. Chris Cooley. He's the only person I ever saw back with the Shanahans in the offices hanging out. So he knows them really well. Okay. Well, remember, he was there one day. <laughs> you heard this story, right? No. So he worked for the uh, Washington then Redskins as a, uh, what do you call that? An intern, right? Yeah, PR he intern. He was at Yale. He went and was an intern. And the PR person said, there's only one rule here. One, you cannot do any media without approval expressly from me. And he said, McKenzie said, okay, sir. That evening, he went on a podcast, was just talking about everything. Next day, he was reassigned. <laughs> he, he lasted 22 hours. Nice. <laughs> he, you, you can't keep the mic away from the guy. McKenzie in research, pregame.com. Okay. The thing that I think may be happening here, and if I had to pick right now, I would take Mac Jones. And here's why. One, I think that the analytics people, the people that watch tape, they are saying, no way can it be Mac Jones. They don't understand how it could be. And that's what you're getting is a sense of anything positive that points to Justin Fields, they're going to embrace. Correct. Anything that points against it, they're going to poo-poo. Yeah. And I mean, like the guys at Pro Football Focus Podcast, the football guys, I love that show, but they are so sure that it could not be Mac Jones, that they're like making gigantic bets. They're saying on Justin Fields, it's like, what's the rationale? And it's like, because Justin Fields is clearly better. 
And say, but, you're, but that's not what this is about. It's about who Kyle Shanahan thinks is better. Correct. And we can't put ourselves in his mind. So Justin Fields did look good. And I do think if you look at the teams that were there, it was all the teams that needed a quarterback. And I thought it was interesting Carolina was on that list after recently trading for a quarterback. But to me, I think that Schefter, and it comes back to this, Schefter doesn't get played for a fool. He's the most powerful information guy in the NFL. If you're going to try to get something out there and it's fake, why give it to Schefter and piss him off? Because that's what you're going to do. Yeah. And you would think, right? Because he prides himself on not saying things unless he knows them. And Jonas, you understand the media as well as anyone. Doesn't it feel like if they wanted to get a rumor out there for some reason? And I don't understand the reason. The 49ers are picking third. We know who's going and one. And one and two are locked up. Yeah. So why be deceptive? Yeah. So why burn Shafter for what? You traded up to number three and one and two are locks. There's no reason to be deceptive. I agree. And why, if you're going to be deceptive, don't have Shafter be the mouthpiece. That's right. What do you think, Jonas? Yeah, I, I think there's enough on the Mac Jones front just from the Shafter tweet and just from, and I, I think Rappaport might have been one as well, too, that, that talked about the Mac Jones stuff. Like there's enough there to where. I don't know what happened at a pro day, a second pro day that he needed to, to put on that all of a sudden we just rushed to go, okay, well, now it's no longer going to be Mac Jones and Justin Fields is the guy. And I was wondering this, and I was going to ask you guys this, and I don't even know if you would have the answer, but are there certain reporters? Because we always talk about Jay Glazer. Jay Glazer, uh, when he tweets it, it's true. He's never wrong, so on and so forth. Are there certain reporters that the sports books in Vegas respect more than others and and may and maybe react differently to their reports and their rumors as opposed to some others and they're setting these lines? So thinking about it, and Maddie will answer this question best, but I w- would frame it in the following way. Usually, if it's going to be a game-based, the only thing the reporters are going to put out there is injury stuff. Yeah. As in, someone's questionable, and then they're like, he's out. Let me ask you Giannis guys. today. We just saw Giannis in from like Woj. So okay. you know it's good. So when you guys were deciding and you like, so there's like uh, Don Best had the feed or whatever where the stuff is coming in. You guys are watching that screen. Did at Cantor, and you guys were booking billions of dollars a year. Did you have your own team following the information, or did you let like the screen tell you? So at first, we used to have our own team following the information because Lee, you'll remember back in the day, was take every the, bet, never CEO take it down. At the time, yes. Yes. Former CEO Leah Matus had kind of a never take the games down, always take bets kind of Being uh, philosophy. Yes, but later on, after Lee retired, um, we got much less ambitious, and and our you know our head of risk then would simply take them down like a lot. Of Vegas books take the game down for ten minutes, let the line settle, put it back up, and and it's an interesting point because if you are trying to be on the cutting edge, you can't use conventional information because you don't have any edge. You got to have your. You could imagine a big better having teams of people following Twitter trying to find it. The question is, does the economics make sense? Yeah. And most of the time, most people are saying, "Hey, let's let this be parity." If it comes out on the screen, we'll all move at the same time. The betters will get at the same time. Some people want to beat the, the betters or beat the bookies. But in general, I would say this, just speaking for myself, there's two types of information guys in the NFL, NBA, et cetera. The guys that are mostly right, but you can see them rushing sometimes and they'll make a mistake. And I would put Rappaport there. I don't think he's mostly wrong, but I don't look at his tweets as gold. 
But I look at a guy like Shafter, I think he would rather be late a couple times than be wrong one time. And to me, I balance it that way. Do you guys see Schefter the same way? I agree. His reputation's too strong. Yeah, because if he's wrong on one, he could be first on ten, and it still hurts him because he's already considered fast and right. Yeah. Why risk right to be extra fast? And the guy Glazer's always considered the number one guy, but the difference. And, and I think he's more judicious, where he doesn't come exactly. out very often. And he's talked about that to where he's not just going to report everything. He doesn't. He's not in it for that. He doesn't. He's not. This isn't his only gig to where Schefter, this really is his only gig. So so when Glazer reports something, it's quality uh, and not so much quantity. Schefter's got a pretty pretty successful track record, though, for all he sends out. And I think Glazer, it's more personal where he's got these X number of yeah. people he's got these personal ties with, and when he gets it, it's gold, right? Yeah. Schefter has, I think, looser ties, but really good ties. And then everyone else is, hey, Listen, you got to start somewhere. They're fighting to be that next guy, but but I do think the fact Schefter was the one they get they gave this to him. They didn't he didn't uncover this. They gave it to him. Why would they give it to him if it's a lie and burn him? That's my I'm, question. I mean, Schefter also is the guy who got access to Jason Pierre-Paul's X-rays in the hospital and posted them. All right, so that's how connected he is. He got an X-ray of a guy's hand after he blew it up in a fireworks accident <laughs> and 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 got that information. So Don't want to mess with that guy. We know no. that much. <laughs> All right, so our conclusion is, and the facts are, that the pro day has driven a serious odds adjustment. Jack Mac Jones was the clear favorite to be the number three pick. He's now pretty much even money, but Justin Fields has moved past him by a smidge, like 51% to 49% almost. Well, Trey Lance is there, but way back. And that was driven from yesterday's pro day and the aftermath. I think it's more information-driven the question is, is it true information? Unfortunately, our first cousin of Kyle Shanahan doesn't have any inside information. <laughs> but when we come back, we're going to shift to the number one pick, and that's almost guaranteed. I got to tell you, there's one part of his comment that I find atrocious. If I were a Jacksonville fan, I'd be emailing saying, don't even pick this guy because of what Trevor Lawrence said. That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show. You've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words and the heavens gonna fall. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into some interesting comments from a top prospect in the NFL draft. It's a great day to join. We have Maddie Holt, formerly a bookmaker. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. But reformed. Now a man of integrity, usintegrity.com, stopping the bad betters out there from cheating the rest of us. I appreciate that. Great day to join. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you and your support. 
We appreciate it, and we'll keep delivering for you. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search Straight Out of Vegas. In Vegas, on the Strip, 73 degrees, the neon is pumping. So, RJ, Clemson's Trevor Lawrence is considered to be the number one pick, a no doubt about it, going number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up later on in the NFL draft. But there were some comments he had recently in an interview with Sports Illustrated in which he talked about not having a chip on his shoulder and also a couple of comments from his high school coach who said he could walk away from football tomorrow, be fine, and also his dad who pointed out that he's not one of these want-to-win-a-Super-Bowl-at-all-costs kind of players well who would want that as your quarterback (laughs) i mean listen anybody that has any self-awareness as you get older is a little bit worried about becoming the cliche guy on the porch screaming at the kids get off my lawn you god darn cloud you don't look like you used to but boy oh boy the fear of that i think stops people from giving their true opinion I ain't scared. This is a huge red flag to me. And I'm going to look through and for, or, or skip past a lot of this and zero in on one thing. He's not a kind of guy that says, quote unquote, I want to win a Super Bowl at all costs. Now, listen, we want to get technical. Yes, it's not worth a thousand children. OK, we got it. But what it all costs means this is the, the work priority of my life. I'm willing to suffer. I'm willing to bleed. If I got to miss a few barbecues, that kind of yes or no. I appreciate the honesty. Let's start there. The, you know, McKenzie and Research said, I tell you, you know, at least he's telling you the truth. It's like, I think there's something to that. You know, he's telling us the truth. But that truth is horrifying to me. If you're going to say this guy is the number one influencer on our franchise's success. So, Matt, you're an entrepreneur. You had a vice presidency. You said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to start a business. You started a business. You've built it up to, what, 20 people now or so? We have a fair amount of employees. <laughs> what is it, private information now? All right, fair <laughs> enough. But there's a nice number. And imagine if you were in a position where there was one person that was going to dictate the success of your company more than any other. And they said, I tell you, I like your company, Mr. Holt, but I want you to understand something. The success of this company in no way is at all cost to me. I've got other priorities. Obviously, I wouldn't do it. But the difference is, in a business, I would. I also would never be hiring an 18- or 19-year-old to make the most important decisions in my company. That just doesn't happen in the corporate world or in the entrepreneurial He's world. 21, but okay, fair enough. 21-year-old. Even. All right, fair enough. Yeah. That's a different age. So, at the end of the day, I think as you're drafting a quarterback here, I don't know what but, but, to make But hold it. on a second. Hold on a second. You're making an interesting point. It's not even the man he is today the man he's going to be, right? But what trend line do you see with Trevor Lawrence that you could say is encouraging? Because I would make the following case. Every great, great, super great, all-time Mount Rushmore type had a tenacity. They had this drive. If it was Jordan with cut from the high school team, if it was Tom Brady, 199th pick, whatever it is, they're driven. This guy, I don't blame him. If you're the guy that when you're 15, you're being preordained as the next chosen one, the great one, and you win a uh, a national championship when you're a freshman, when you are 18 or whatever, and everyone's saying, number one pick if you came out tomorrow, 
Why would you have tenacity? Why would you have a chip on your... There's nothing that may... It's almost like rich people... Think about rich people. First generation wealth. They usually marry a good... You know, they're successful. They marry a good looking woman, typically. And they have kids that are probably better looking than the dad, typically. And they rarely have any... And they're probably smarter than the dad, oftentimes. Because they're better educated, right? They get to go to the private school. And they rarely have as much success as the prior generation. The only difference is they grew up where everything was a given versus the other guy saying, I could either work in a chicken plant or in a coal mine or I can have a better life. It seems to me, Trevor Lawrence, let's give him credit that he w- or let's appreciate his good fortune. But how does that equate to someone that wants to win Super Bowls? I don't think it does. And he's even saying it doesn't. I think it's a really poor characteristic trait. But I also think that sports is the the ultimate you know nuanced business. Where in my business, I'm never going to be forced to spend a certain amount of money and buy a player. In this case, the Jacksonville Jaguars, in a salary cap, are forced to spend a certain amount of money. But they don't have to take him with the number. Oh, it's not even about not taking him as the number one pick. They could get a boatload for this pick. Sure, I just think it's pretty. And then if he goes on and wins three Super Bowls, you're the team that didn't draft him. <laughs> well, I don't. I, that's the thing, though. I, that's the bet, I guess. What do you think, Jonas? This comment alone isn't enough for me to just not draft him. It's it's not a deal breaker for me. As, you know, if I trust everything else that I've discussed with him and the and other, what, other things. What that is said, that from your perspective? Um, everything that I've heard is that he didn't have to do the pro day, or when he threw it as pro day, he didn't have to do it when he did it. I forget. Get the specifics of it, but because well, he, he wanted to get surgury or something, it was it was yeah, it was something like that. But he went out of his way to try to to show okay, I, I you know it was Urban Meyer who talked to him and said hey, you know it might be a good idea for you to do it. So he went and he he got the he threw he put on a good performance, all that stuff. Everything you've heard about him as a guy, as a quarterback, as a leader has been all good things. See, I um, disagree. I did, and, and allow me to counterpoint this. Really, what he said was, I know that typically the pro day should be around this time. Can we adjust it for me? Was what he said. He goes, I want to get surgery. I want to be ready by this time. Can you, everyone change your schedule for me? I don't see how that's, I mean, I see you could look at it both ways that he could have said, I'm not going to throw it all. But boy, oh boy, it feels like a guy of entitlement. A guy of entitlement. And I'm not one to throw around entitlement and privilege and all that in a pejorative sense. But I'm telling you right now, well, let me ask you this. What have you seen from him that was either, boy, he's working hard to the 99th percentile and or he is like willing to like get hurt or not get hurt, but he's willing to suffer to win. Like at no point does he ever seem to sweat. He looks like the cool. And again, this is perception to some degree. But now we got words to back it up. He look Trevor Lawrence looks like the cool surfer kid that never has to worry about much. And I, I don't see anything else to tell me otherwise. What do you think, John? He, he was one of the leading voices trying to get the season underway during COVID. Like he, that's his, fair. And, and that's and and but to wasn't his that credit, to his benefit. Well, yeah, but no, also he didn't to, need to, to play. Well, they, also, he thought he could win a national title. It was his last year in. Yeah, college. but he's the number one pick either way. Yeah, but under that theory, he could have sat out. Like and he already like, had a national championship. Yeah, but it's not like you don't win a second. Sure, but I mean, I mean, what I'm saying is, I agree. It shows some leadership. But financially, but I think that's a good thing for him that he wants a second because financially. Financially, yeah. would have earned him zero. I agree with that. This is Maddie Holt. We're straight out of Vegas. Back to Jonas. Uh, well, go ahead. Respond to that, Jonas. We'll go. Well, I, I, the one thing I will say: these comments 
and and he doesn't know this yet because he's new to you know the NFL world and all this. We're gonna keep these comments in our back pocket for his entire career. I got a tattoo when, on my forearm already. <laughs> like that, like this is people are gonna go back to these, and he's probably gonna rethink and and learn early on. You gotta be there, there's a way to play this media game. It's great that you were honest, but people are gonna point to that every time there's an issue. People are gonna point to that just like Baker Mayfield's on the opposite spectrum. Every time he bites back and he, he wants to engage on social media, people are going to point out the flaw in that, just like they're going to point out the flaw in this. That's Sean Stonks. We're straight out of Vegas. I think, in a way, we're focused on slightly the wrong thing. We're all saying, maybe he shouldn't have said that, or maybe... How about let's just say he said it, it's true, and what does it mean? Because, and you're saying, well, maybe one day, Matty Holt, you're saying maybe one day Trevor Lawrence will grow into someone that cares about Super Bowls. How do we know he didn't just say it because that's what he thought people wanted to hear? Well, that sounds even worse. But then it means he's too stupid to play in the NFL because you think people want to hear you don't care about the Super Bowl. Who's dumber than 17 to 21-year-old men? I mean, come on. You're all dumb at 17 to 21. Now you're trying to make him a minor. The guy is ready to sign like an $80 million deal. So all I know is this, that... The, I believe the biggest thing in sports in the next 10 or 20 years, and I don't talk like this macro very often, the p- people who are playing not caring as much as the fans. And we saw this with, and we'll talk about it a little later, the Brooklyn-Philly game. The, the, the case could have been made in the NBA that that was the biggest regular season game in years because you had the two leaders in, a, in the conference tied, 1-1 series history or series on the year. This was a big game. And they decided to play, uh, you know, they're, re- they're playing people in the Minnesota game, Durant, and then the next day they're resting him here. And Kyrie's gone for games and he shows up, but he doesn't play in the last seven minutes. I don't understand this. Stephen A went crazy about it. I don't know. Stephen A is over the top sometimes. But think about it. There's people playing darts right now that are the best in the world somewhere. And you know what? Those darts people have they sell cars on the you know at night because you can't be a professional darts player. Or maybe you can, but not many can. I don't even know. But the the two hundredth best football player is a millionaire. Why? Multi millionaire. Because we care about football. Why do we care? Because we can live through it. We can have highs and lows. I always tell this story. I, I grew up a Steelers fan. I grew up in, near Pittsburgh, an hour away. Between age of five and ten, I won. We won four Super Bowls. That's all I knew. All right. I didn't win another. We didn't win another Super Bowl until I was thirty-five years old. And I was so, the time between ten and thirty-five. I'm doing the math. Twenty-five years. I when they beat Seattle, well officiated game. I had the greatest night I think I ever had. I woke up in no shirt. <laughs> leather jacket and my face pressed against a commode. And I don't remember how I got there. I swear to God, I, like in the hotel room floor. And because I could, I, I cared, I cared. And that's probably the last time I cared that much. How do you care if, if they don't? Right. I mean, as much as I don't like the, I don't like it to be barbaric. I don't want like Joe, you know, Joe Frazier and Ali being brain damaged, but you watch the thrill in Manila and it's like, that is the height of life. And you think about um, the Celtics dude. I'm having a mental block that uh, that hurt his foot, and he Kevin McHale. 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 Yeah. When they said you can play in this game, but you might have trouble walking, and he plays. If I was his dad or his son, I would have said, "Don't play." 
But the fact he did is part of what makes this amazing. Or why else would we spend so much time on this stuff? Like, what's the point? I, I know gamblers do it for the money. But Jonas, you're a fan first. Do you ever stop? And I'm going to ask you and say, why did I get into this? I'm wasting my life. Meaning, you're giving all this attention to something. Do you ever question if it's worth the attention? Um, it, from a fan standpoint, if I were still just a fan and and was not working in the business or whatever, it would bother me. It would bother me a lot. Um, the NBA, the, the way things are going now, in yeah, general, yeah. And 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 spe- look, we've seen it a little bit in the NFL from time to time, but it's really the NBA's problem. Um, and and not so much this year because there's not as many fans in attendance, but the argument is I buy a ticket to see stars play and then all of a sudden I'm taking my kids to a game and it turns out, oh, LeBron's sitting out this game or Kyrie's sitting out this game. And it just, it wears people out where you look at Michael Jordan's final year and, and people can get tired of going back to Michael Jordan. But look, I don't. Fi- final year, he played every single game. Every single game of the regular season. Didn't take a night and off. And we're talking about his final year with Washington. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go. I, I guess my point would be this. I don't think it's always easy to blame the players because you could make the case if the following were true, what would your conclusion be? Which is playing this many games in the NBA in this short a time is not healthy. It hurts your longevity. It hurts your ability to have a good life, let's say, after. All right, Because if you're blowing out knees and Achilles or whatever. The owners know that, and I'm saying this as my belief, but they don't want to give up the money. It's either play as many games but have guys sit randomly or play less games. Or tough it out and hurt yourself long term. It seems like to me someone's got to suffer. And it seems like there's billions of dollars being made, maybe for the long term good of the game, have a few less games and make it where they're playing hard every game. But the owners don't want that until the fans start to reject it and pull back. And then the owners are going to say, well, wait a minute, we're going to lose more money doing it this way. And that's why I'm a believer as a Pirates fan. I literally have boycotted the Pirates. They don't spend enough money to try to win. If I supported them, I'd be saying, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> and to me, we got to tell these leagues one way or the other, make it so we, you care about the game. All right? Because that's why we watch. We care about the game. And, and I'll tell you this, last point. Trevor Lawrence, I've been officially probably on the forefront on the national media of saying I'm a skeptic. R.J. Bell is a skeptic of Trevor Lawrence. Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio, I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. Okay, we got a big last segment coming up. We got Matty Holt giving us his prop best bet for the draft, his favorite pick of all the draft. Also, me and Fezzik came up with an NBA pick we like. I'm going to have Maddie critique it. If he agrees with it, we're going to make it a second best bet coming up in the next segment. That's coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas. Knox. This is the pregame show you always wanted, and it's money making time next year on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker 
for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., the NFL draft is coming up in a couple of weeks from now, and we have got a best bet as we approach the NFL draft from Matty Holt. Yeah, this guy sits at the intersection of the bookmakers, the bettors, the regulators, and he's, his mind's like the Borg on the old Star Trek, just sucking it all in. And now let's hope we can get a winner out of them. So I like, uh, you know, most books either have this over under, or, you know, who's going to have uh, 18 and a half for offensive players. Okay, so the number of offensive players in the first round. Versus, yes, versus the number of defensive players. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's two different markets, but they're both the same. So, but sometimes they're mispriced. So it's either over for the defensive players or under for the offensive players. But I went under 18 and a half plus 110 uh, off. Offensive players, and the theory is this is usually a 50-50 split. Now, and I would agree to that. Typically, with the thirty-two picks, it's around sixteen's the number. Typically, yes. Well, this year because. You know, basically five of the first six picks are going to be quarterbacks, and and then you know one of those is also going to be Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Those numbers got drastically misconstrued, and if you look at the end of the draft, everyone, Mel Kuyper, whoever, like five of the last six picks are supposed to be defensive players, and in the middle, it's about to be even. I think it's probably going to be sixteen or seventeen offensive players this year, not sixteen, sixteen necessarily, but they're pricing it so heavy offense because of the first seven picks of the draft that there's a lot of value betting under 18 and a half on the offensive players. Okay, so if there's 18 offensive players, you win. If there's 19 or more, you lose. Correct. And you're getting plus money, so plus 110. So even if this were 50-50, you still got a good bet. Yep. I'm a little skeptical. And I haven't done all the math. Now, have you looked at like the five most respected mocks and mm-hmm. did a count? And what's it coming to? It's about 18, 14, 17, 15. So it's about 17 and a half offense. On average. Okay. Hmm. Because the thing we know is those offensive players at the front are locks. Mm-hmm. We don't know on that 25th pick exactly sure. who's. So it does feel like you probably have the right side, but I can see where it. But might most be. drafts, the top of the draft is offensive players. But not like this. I mean, having five it's quarterbacks in the year. first eight. Yeah. I mean, and then like you said, Pitts for sure. But the, the idea of having five first-round quarterbacks isn't unheard of. This isn't that irregular for a draft. No, and, and I get in your point, which is the perception of yes. it. I'm going to ask Jonas what he thinks of this. I'm going to say one thing that concerns me, though, too, about it. A lot of theories on the most advanced NFL guys last season was – Defense doesn't matter. That effectively, that the offense matter. Because remember, Tampa Bay won it, obviously. They were clearly the fourth best team in the Final Four. Any power ratings in the world, did you see one power rating that had Green Bay below Tampa Bay? One power rating had Buffalo behind Tampa Bay. It just wasn't the case, right? But of the four teams left, who had the best defense? 
Tampa Bay. Yeah. That's my point. Is if it, it coming into the Final Four, there was a real sense of defense didn't matter. Now does Tampa and that dominating performance change the mentality of the league? What do you think, Jonas? I think you're going to have to probably sweat it out a little bit, especially because there's going to be a run. <laughs> That's on, for sure. Well, because there's going to be a run on so many offensive players, as as Maddie pointed out, to start the draft that you're going to hit a lull. There's going to be a bunch of defensive players. If this were me that were that were making this pick, knowing my luck, I would be sitting at like 17 or 18, and then two teams would trade back into the first round and take offensive players, and I'd lose. <laughs> like that's 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 my luck. But you know. Now, what's interesting, and that's Jonas Knox. We're straight out of Vegas. Is this is a bookie's bet? Because imagine what a bookie says. He says you can have bet any. I'm going to put a board of games behind me. You can pick anyone you want, whenever you want it. Bet as much as you want, as little as you want. Just give me minus one ten. That's all the bookies want. <laughs> you're saying you're right. This could happen. This could happen. This, but mathematically, it's about a fifty-fifty. Maybe a little towards the under. And by the way, I'm plus 110, so I'm fine. Yeah. This is a bookie <laughs> bet right here. Maddie Hold, everyone. Former bookie. Now I got another bet for you. This is mine. This these odds blow my mind. And Jones, I'm gonna get your thoughts real quick too. Odds to win the East in the NBA. So just the East to make it to the finals. Nets are about even money. Minus 110, a little, little about even money. Milwaukee's three to one, and Philly is five to one. That's insane to me. If you told me last longer in the playoffs, Philly or Milwaukee, I'm taking off the rubber band. I'm on Philly till they quit taking the bets. But somehow, because if there's anyone, Philly's had a better regular season. And if anyone has a history of underperforming in the playoffs, it's Milwaukee and Giannis. So this to me is irrational. Guy nice antitoko umpo. Is not good in the playoffs. At least history tells us that. But I like the Nets. I got we got a bet right on this short show, four to one on the Nets. So here's what I'm gonna do. Imagine you're doing a hundred dollar bet, a hundred dollars on Philly to win the East. So a hundred wins you five hundred. Then I bet a hundred on the Nets to win the East. So that's one ten to win a hundred. And that's it. So what happens? If the Nets win the East, I break even. Because I win a hundred on their bet, lose the hundred on Philly, right? That makes sense. But if Philly wins, I win 500 and I lose the bet on the net. So I win about 400. So effectively, if Philly wins, I win 400. If Brooklyn wins, it's break even, no bet, effectively. And if anyone else wins, which would be Milwaukee or the has, you know, have nots at the bottom, I would lose 210. So really, what we're saying is if Philly has half the chance, of anyone except Brooklyn winning. So if you take Milwaukee and the other people, do they have double the chance of Philly winning? That's almost impossible. That bet, those two bets combined give you exposure on Philly. Brooklyn breaks even. Maddie, 30 seconds. What do you think? Absolutely love that bet if you could get those prices. I just looked at the seven apps in town that I look at MGM Circa, Westgate, William Hill, uh, Cell Point, and Stations, and I couldn't get anywhere close to that split at any of them. All right. So, five, Mackenzie, five to one is where right now? Bet online, you're saying, and a couple other online books? Yeah, and on Bavada as well. Yeah, so uh, I didn't, I only look at oh, well, you're regula- regulated, yeah. regulated sports books is all I look at. But once again, the bookie is giving you a really good point, which is it's all about prices. Jimmy Vaccaro, famous bookmaker in town, he says, "I don't bet team. No one bet pros don't bet teams. They bet numbers. 
the numbers are important. Jonas, real quick, what do you think of that? Uh, whoever can avoid Brooklyn the longest is number one seed again advantage. gets important. Yeah. Again, and, and I also think because, look, Brooklyn's had health concerns this season. Uh, the longer it goes, the more you expect another meltdown from Kyrie Irving. I, I think the longer you can wait to see them before you get to the to the you know finals, I think the better off you are. And worst case, if Brooklyn wins, you break even. It's like you didn't bet. Thank you, Matty Holt. USintegrity.com. Jonas, great show. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. Straight Out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.